0: Every director who's ever made box office millions or won Academy Awards is telling all the up-and-comers these days, just pick up a camera, shoot it. Shoot it on your iPhone, shoot it on a little DSLR. Everything's pretty affordable these days. Get out and shoot something. Looking at what I've seen and talking to other young filmmakers and whatnot, uh, most people don't even really listen to that or don't get that concept. I'm just gonna grab something on my iPhone and, you know, make a little YouTube video. Everybody's doing that now. Like, it's not gonna go viral or anything. Nobody's gonna see it. I'm gonna get 40 views. No one's gonna like my Instagram post about it. Why would I do something like that when I could just work myself into an early grave while trying to get higher ups in Hollywood to read my little screenplay? Well, there is a little catchphrase I like to use when I hear somebody, you know, downplaying their talents or not thinking they're worthy of getting their artistic endeavors seen or created. I like to say, that's an unfortunate mindset you got there. Look, I get it. You don't have a big production. You don't have a red cam to make your visuals look amazing. You don't have an A-list or even maybe B-list actor in your film and whatnot. Uh, You don't have a lens package. You don't have distribution already lined up. I get it. I get it. And you also probably hate hearing the term, just go out and shoot it. No, you need to plan out logistics and whatnot. Well, of course you do. That's part of the process. Hearing somebody tell me to just go out and shoot it is annoying. I went to enough filmmaking seminars when I was like 19 and heard some crabby old guy on stage saying, just make your film, and I hated hearing that, but you wanna know what? It's true, sometimes you just gotta go out and make your movie. I know there's also things like labor laws and if you're dealing with investors and whatnot and talking business, yeah, there's that too. I'm not ignoring the business side of show business, but it just so happens to be on today's show, I have a group of filmmakers that are really defying the odds with DIY filmmaking. If you haven't heard of Adam's Family Films, then you might as well just keep listening to this show because this is a real interesting group of filmmakers. I was only able to get Uh, Two out of the four members of the family, I believe. The matriarch and patriarch of the family, uh, Toby and John. They make films with their children, Zelda and Lulu. And they literally just think of an idea, map it out, get a camera, get a tripod, and shoot. And that's that. And it just so happens their newest film, Hellbender, just got a DVD release. You can drive on over to Target and probably pick it up. You can also check it out on Shudder and a couple other VOD outlets. Uh, This movie last year played gangbusters at a lot of the genre film fests and has really given this group of filmmakers, which is a family, by the way, if I forgot to specify, a lot of recognition globally. So I hope after you listen to this 48-minute episode, it's looking like it's going to be, I hope you grab your iPhone or whatever you got, Android, I don't know, Uh, Even a flip phone. See if you can figure something out with a flip phone. That should be interesting if anybody still has a flip phone out there. Uh, Or if you got a nice little DSLR or even a little cheap one. Just go out and try and shoot something. Doesn't need to be this magnificent thing, but (laughs) the Adams family definitely made a magnificent film out of Hellbender. But just go out and try something, even if it's just a little 30 second thing. Get through this episode first. Welcome to the basement.
1: Okay, so pretty cool challenge here. I got I got two guests on the show today, a uh, filmmaking duo. But there's more to the family of the Adams Family Films. I have Toby and John right here to talk with me about filmmaking and whatnot, and their film that they just had hit Shutter uh, the a couple months back. And I know you guys are working on some other things right now, so we'll touch on a few things here and there. Welcome to the basement, guys.
2: Thanks hey, for having Tyler. us. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, I I just want to kick off the show with a little bit of a shout out to, and just talked about before I hit record, but um, a little bit of a shout out to another filmmaker who was on this show back in February, Uh, Jeremiah Kipp, who directed Slap Face, that's also on Shudder. He has opened up a window or a big door, I don't know, to other filmmakers throughout New York and whatnot and he referred me to you guys and you guys know each other that's kind of how do you guys how do you how do you know him
2: well we just know each other we i look forward to meeting him in person but um just through uh you know social media um and i saw slap face and it was such a cool movie and uh we just keep in touch like that and and like I really look forward to meeting him. And
3: he's one of those characters that thinks of all of us filmmakers and all of us as a team. Like this guy is a real team guy. He's a really (laughs) terrific human. And he's so positive about what everyone's doing. So, I mean. Yeah.
2: You you can tell it's great on his set. It must be a wonderful experience working with him. And
3: and he's turned us on to a lot of stuff, too. And a lot of other artists and a lot of like he's always touting other people's stuff. And it's just so cool yeah yeah he's
1: he blows up my news feed with just stuff to promote a lot on, on yeah. like facebook and instagram he's no he he was on this show he um i originally was just pl- having him plug slap face i thought it was just gonna be like a 20 minute little promo and we just did deep dives on everything and he had all this these like philosophies on the texas chainsaw massacre and stuff <laughs> and, and Yeah, he-
3: I love his takes on a lot of things. Like I, I love his posts. Like I read all of his posts because he does bring a lot of stuff to uh, my attention and um, little things and big things. So it's a, uh, you know, like little movies and big movies. So it's, it's, he's a really interesting, cool guy.
1: Yeah, no, he's, he's, I will send this episode when it airs uh, his way. I mean, I know he listens from time to time, but I know he's also busy, but I wanted to give him a shout out. Cause I think he put up a post about hellbender uh, the film you guys did recently. And I think I was like, huh, I'm going to reach out to them, a family of filmmakers. And uh, here we are. So thank you guys for coming back. I know we were going to supposed to do this a few months ago. Uh, It's been a crazy year for me, but um, we're here now. And I before I get into Hellbender, before I get into just anything else you guys really had going on. Since we're missing uh, Zelda tonight, right? I believe.
3: Yeah. We yeah. got two girls, Zelda and Lulu. And yes. both of them are in Hellbender. Lulu's in South Korea and Zelda's actually starting to work a lot now uh, doing some modeling stuff and some acting stuff. And so she just got a job. So she's in the city work and, you know, mm-hmm. having fun cool. being independent. Um I, To talk to like a, you guys made
1: this as one, you guys made Hellbender as one unit and I go, you guys make projects together all the time. Like, Uh, How did you all become this unit of filmmakers and collaborators, like as a family?
2: Uh, In 2010, we were living in Los Angeles. Um, My my acting career just wasn't translating over there like it had been in New York. And uh, John had been working on this rock and roll reality show and he was having a lot of fun on set and loved watching the camera and everything. And we just decided, you know what? why don't we try doing this ourselves you know um write a film shoot the film act in the film while traveling around the country homeschooling the kids and learning how to make a film and that's what we did for a year we made rumble strips and it was just we were just sold
1: nice do you have any input on that? John? I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm going to go. I'm going to bounce back and forth. Yeah, like, I, wants to so my out.
3: input is that we love hanging out with our kids and making movies is a terrific way to hang out with your kids, talk about art, do art. It's um, the filmmaking encompasses so many different kinds of art. It, it, it does you do music, you do drama, you do visuals, you do technical stuff. And um, we love hanging out with our kids. And and they wanted to be actresses and they wanted to make movies, even though Zelda was five at the time and, and Lulu was 11 or 10, whatever age. They were real tiny. And so we got to hang out with them and learn this whole trip together. And um, every stage of the way, they learned as much as we did. And now I would say, that, you know, especially Zelda, because she really grooved on it, is, you know, very film intelligent like because she's grown up on it and it's fun to watch her watch movies it's fun to watch her make things now because she learned as we learned and we all but we all learned kind of different things you know, i don't know it's really a cool trip
1: cool it's cool to keep it in the family i was a, a filmmaker myself um i i well my first like feature film i did out of college uh i put my dad in a scene and I'd, I realized just kind of prepping to talk to you guys. I actually think I put my dad in a ton of stuff I've made, even if it never got finished. So like when I was 13 or 14 years old, um, I don't know, I'm making horror films that are never going to see the light of day. I'm making Halloween meets silence of the lambs, but I'm having my dad have like, as like a cameo in it. And I realized I, I think my mom has been like an extra in some stuff, but obviously not like forefront leading roles. But yeah, it's always cool to kind of keep creativity in the family. I mean, my family personally, my dad was in advertising and he wrote commercials. And I think that's okay. where I get a little bit of my creative juices and just kind of knowing how things kind of come together and click. Um, so I mean, like, another
3: nice thing about family, though, just to mention is since they are your family, you're around them all the time. So you have a lot of time to work with them. Yeah, we we use my parents, too. Uh, And if if the scene sucks, we can say, hey, Dad, that kind of sucked. Let's do it again. And he'll be like, all right. And, (laughs) you know, I mean, and it's the same with me and Toby. And it's the same with Zelda and Lulu. It's like by working with family and friends and neighbors, you do have the ability to go back to them and just be like, hey, can we shoot that again? They're not actors that just disappear. Yeah. When you're done and never kind of that's that, you know, you got what you got.
2: And you have it on like celluloid for forever. You know, yeah, Basically, yeah. it's and, it's a
1: memory now,
3: too. Yeah, it
2: is. Yes. Like I always say it's kind of like a, a visual moving, um, you know, photo album. Yeah. And uh, of of not only what you've made, but your life. And then if you make something that gets into festivals, you have the added perk of traveling together and doing the fest circuit, which is so much that's the cherry on top of everything.
1: Yeah. Um, so for you guys, and if you want to speak for the kids also, since I'm sure you know them best too, uh, like as filmmakers behind or in front of the camera, um, what were just like some inspirations to you, like creatively, like filmmakers or films in general, like what, what did you see that made you go? I want to do that.
2: I was really into, um, I, I loved Cassavetti's films because um there was that family element too you know there was there was something that he used a lot of his friends and family sometimes you could even see like the boom you know in the picture and it was sort of like it didn't matter you know it had a wonderful collaborative energy uh his step and working with his wife and um so I was really influenced by him
3: um I don't know you know I've always come up with scenarios and I didn't know I wanted to be a filmmaker until we kind of did this little test run with rumble strips and then I realized like I've always loved doing art. I've always been in bands. I do love watching movies and I didn't realize until we started making rumble strips that I loved editing that I loved the entire process. I loved doing the music. I the only part I don't totally love is I don't love being an actor but it's like something that it it just helps that I can be an actor cuz I can tell myself what to do.
2: And he's really good. <laughs> no, He'll never no. admit it. Yeah, no. I don't <laughs> know about
3: that, but it, it but it is, you know, anyway, m- the point is is I guess I personally didn't know I wanted to be a filmmaker until we tried it.
1: Yeah, that's how it goes I think for people. <laughs> There's people who have tried it and been like, "Nah, I'm I'd like to be involved with film but not be a filmmaker." Right. Uh yeah. I, I complete I'm kinda in the same boat. I just winged it and fell I'm in still, love with it. Yeah, I'm just like I'm still trying to still trying to do it. So I'm
3: Yeah, you know, maybe- I, I imagine like think about something like editing. Like I never would have I never said to myself, geez, I want to be an editor. I never watched a movie and thought, man, editing must be fun. But I have fallen in love with editing. I'm editing something right now and it's so fun to sit and watch things actually on repeat and look for those nuanced things it's it's it's, it's a real art and it's really fun
1: mm-hmm. editing gives me anxiety man
3: oh yeah <laughs> it does it really
1: oh my god i the first big thing i ever no wasn't really big but to me it was big but that i was ever in an editing room with i was ripping my hair out i i would like at the end of every day i would tell my editor i'm sorry let's go get a bite to eat i'm buying
3: <laughs> well i mean i could see how that could be okay. i'm be-
1: I'm better now but <laughs>
3: like, yeah
1: um so moving on from how much of a shitty person i am in the editing lab <laughs> um, uh so when you guys are making films since you guys are a, a team all working together like who's doing what who's who's running who's running camera who's calling shots who's who's crewing it up because I, I know i mean i've seen some behind the scenes stuff that you guys post on instagram recently it literally sometimes looks just like tripod camera
3: go uh so like who's doing what on set
2: i think you nailed it <laughs> yeah
3: it really depends on, on on like who's in front of the camera that that usually determines who's behind the camera I mean, the breakdown basically is that Toby loves taking care of the drama aspects of what we do. She likes taking care of the arcs. She likes taking care of the characters. She really thinks about the details. She thinks about all the things that people don't see that end up on film, in a sense, if that makes any sense. Like, you can't, you know, like, there's a lot of things that drive a character or that drive a scene that you don't see or hear, but they're very important in that. So she takes care of that stuff. I think... I take care of more of the grunt stuff and the cinematography. And Zelda definitely takes care of the cinematography and definitely is a great on-set editor and actually a wonderful conversation editor when we're planning out scenes. Zelda's very got a very distinct vision. So you run, you run a scenario by her and she'll hit you up with exactly what she thinks and usually she's spot on. Interesting. All yeah. right. Yeah.
2: And, and Tyler, in terms of like how we shoot and um, often we have three different opinions. So it's just a very good democracy. We do it three different ways and it all you always figure out what feeds the story best when you're editing and um, you figure you kind of that cream always rises to the crop of what is best of the three takes.
1: All right. cool. Do you guys have like any outsiders that come and help and work on your films? We Not do. outsiders, but like, you know, like...
3: Actually, uh, in this film, so we got one, we've had one since The Deeper You Dig. We made a movie called The Deeper You Dig a bunch of years ago. And we found a guy who would do effects with us. And he turned out to be, again, like Jeremiah Kip, just a wonderful human being and a great team player. And he never says no. And he always says yes. And he always brings a super positive energy to... Uh, the process. Um, he's not usually on set, but when we're going to do something like cut somebody's arm off or something like that, that's going to involve him, he he's on set with us so that we film things right so that the composites make sense because we don't want to do a lot of digital shit. We want to make sure that our stuff is organic. Cool. Yeah. And then we actually had two lighting guys who helped us out and we'll continue to work with them. We would like to build a team you know, we we want to build a very small little combat unit. We're we're a combat unit right now of three. But we'd like to be a combat unit. Like our little combat unit could grow a little bit. All right.
1: Um you guys are in uh upstate New York. And that's I, I've been up, I don't know, we don't have to say where exactly. That's none of my business, but uh I've been out that way plenty of times. It's beautiful out there. Uh I think my last time I was out there, I was in like Canandaigua going to Buffalo. Sure. And um, yeah, I was out by the Finger Lakes. I was going to see like a Buffalo Bills Patriots games. (laughs) Um,
3: Yeah, it's beautiful there.
1: Oh yeah. Um, What is the, uh, what's like the film community like out that way? I know there's multiple cities, Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, but like, what's, what's kind of, what, what, what's it like out there making films? Like, is it a strong community and, or, are you guys just flying solo, cranking stuff out?
2: Well, we um, the you know there's stuff going on film-wise, but uh, mostly it's just the locals are often dying to be in the film, and we take them up on it. Like in the newest film we're working on, where the devil roams, the cast is just you know magnified from other casts we've had because so many people want to be involved now, and then we say yes, okay, Great. show up at yeah. this hour. We're gonna put this on you. Um, stand here, do this, and it's so much fun. You know, some people specifically want to be killed. So, we're yes, like, great, so we'll fun. kill you.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People are constantly requesting to be killed, and that's been really helpful for this latest movie because we kill a lot of people, and and that we kill them in really fun ways. And so, it's been amazing, like how sporty people are with uh, having their legs chopped off, or we had a lady get a screwdriver in her head. Who's you know, it's like it's like we've Damn. just had so much fun with lots of local people in terms of your i think your real question though is it kind of about is there an industry here yeah there there may become one that we're not involved with anybody around here uh and there's no film industry to be spoken of like we're kind of the only ones in this area we're from a town called roscoe new york so it's like uh I think down in the Hudson Valley, they're starting to have a film community.
1: Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Oh, okay. And I think we're considered part of that commission. Um, but, and they've shot some cool independent films around here. Yeah.
3: But it's usually like, it's usually Hollywood that comes here to shoot. Yeah. It's not like, there's not like, there's no studios or producers, there's no industry here.
1: It's you guys are in like it's a quaint little area or it's like a quiet. I don't know what the word I'm trying to think when I think of like upstate Actually, New York. Actually, kind rough and ready. It's, it's and that's really, really
3: yeah. It's it's, it's really more rural. like it's more uh, like loggers yeah. and stone cutters and hunters and it's like uh, we live like in real like it's really it's 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 rough and ready. It's Catskill great. Mountains, Catskill yeah. Mountains. Yeah, it's not like there's two Catskills. There's the Eastern Catskills, <laughs> which is like Woodstock. And, yeah, yeah. And, and Kingston, okay? And that's a certain kind of vibe, right? So think of that and then go to the opposite. That's where we live. Oh. <laughs> like the ATF was invented because of our county.
1: <laughs> okay, I, I, I get your vibe. I get your vibe. There you go. Um, before I, I jump into just the uh, hellbender and whatnot, um, was it always horror films or just genre films in general, or just that you guys wanted to always produce or was it other things? And I know you guys got some other films that you've made prior, but was it, uh, was this always going to be your focus genre wise?
2: You know, we started out um, in 2010 that film rumble strips was meant to be a ghost story. Yeah. Actually, it was meant to be a Western ghost story. We realized we couldn't really pull that off. At the time so we kind of modernized it and it was still meant to be a ghost story we started shooting it then we got to a place where we just knew we had to get to the place where we were gonna have to start killing the kids and um it was just the four of us and we really didn't want to kill the kids (laughs) so we turned it into a drama then we did three other dramas after that
3: but basically we still make dramas we just cover them in blood yeah
1: yeah I, i sometimes great horror is also great drama Actually, yeah. pretty much a lot of the
3: time, I think it is. So Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's all sorts of horror. That's what's beautiful about the horror community is there's all different kinds. Um, but the stuff we kind of like, like we like, like I, I I, speak for all of us. We love movies like Hereditary. We love uh, Midsummer, We love, well, we love The Thing. But all those have great drama.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Especially we all I,
3: have deeper undertones that are really fun.
1: I just, I've only seen hereditary twice. And the second time was about two weeks ago. And oh, cool. I don't know if like, I looked at my phone a few, t- I liked it the first time, but I don't know if I looked at my phone or something the yeah. first couple of times that some things went over my head. Right. The second, maybe it's cause I have a family now. <laughs> so like yeah. second time I watched it, I was like, oh my God, the whole, the the dinner table scene. I don't want to spoil anything in hereditary. But, um. You guys know what I'm talking about, where she yeah. freaks out on her on her son. Uh yeah, it's that's a that's it's great drama. Tony drama, I can't talk tonight. Drama. Tony Collette is why hasn't she won an Oscar for anything she's done in the last 10 years? Um moving on. Uh let's go, let's go into the film. Let's go into Hellbender. Uh, what was like the light bulb moment? For this it's it looks like you took um a coming of age story a mother-daughter story and blended it with some folk horror like what what was like the aha moment to make this thing or to create it
2: uh well we um actually it, we had our band hellbender And we had started shooting a video for the band Hellbender called Black Sky. And it just had some really witchy, dark themes. And we kind of decided to use that as a jumping off point. We were really intrigued um, by this witchy theme. And we thought, well, let's explore this concept of what a Hellbender is. So we decided let's work on that mythology. And then when you add into it, you know, Zelda was 16 when we were shooting, when we started shooting, she's getting older. And another thing happened too, where I found out something about my um, paternity that I was donor conceived. And I learned this at age 50. And so it just, there was a lot of, there were a lot of cool things thrown into the soup that were fun to play with. Nature versus nurture. Now that I had all these new half siblings and I realized I was more like them than I was my brother that I grew up with, who I'm not related to. And, um... By yeah. blood. <laughs> <laughs> and so those were some jumping off points. And we also love shooting in nature. And we're we're surrounded by nature. And we knew we wanted that to be our template.
3: Yeah, we're big hikers, big campers. So um, hidden magic. We see hidden magic all over the place. You look at a sunset and there's magic in it. But you can't bridle it. There's mushrooms growing. There's ferns. They wave magically in the wind and in the sun. And there's so much magic all over the place. And you see it but there's no way to bridle it. And we wanted to have fun by, by making these kind of mythical creatures that knew how to bridle that magic. They all that hidden magic. They knew how to harness it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, There's a, where did the idea to have a, like a mother daughter? I mean, you just mentioned Toby that there was a, a music video you guys shot and ended up translating into the film, but. Was that where the idea of having it being like a the mother-daughter uh, heavy metal band come into the film?
2: Uh, <clears throat> you know, when we did the Deeper You Dig, the previous film, people wanted to see more of that relationship between the mother and daughter, which we played in that film as well. Um, and so we thought, okay, you know, let's really roll with this. And we happened to be very close. Um, and John really wanted to focus on shooting, even though he's a tremendously good actor. He just wanted to have a small role in Hellbender. So we thought let's focus on this mother and daughter and, and we'll use the music from the band Hellbender and we'll have really fun with makeup and um, playing down in the basement. And it also just seemed like a really fun way to add to their magic, like this mother and daughter on this isolated mountain kind of like casting spells with their music on, from a mountain top. It was just kind of too irresistible. And to we
3: knew it. it would be a vehicle for fun. Um, the deeper you dig, is a pretty brutal movie, and it's it's fun. That's fun for us, but I think we wanted to have some fun, like in our movie. We wanted to show and have the audience have a little more fun. So by by having these two in this kick-ass band, it just brings a bunch of fun to the the film. It's it's a lot of yeah. fun. It's fun to watch these girls kick ass.
2: And music is a great way of telling a story without having to tell the story. Yeah. So to help, you know, spur the story on, instead of saying, now this is what's happening, you could throw it into a song. Yeah. All the songs kind of um, were symbolic of where they were and the timeline.
1: Yeah, I I, I was just, I'm recalling it. I, I rewatched it a couple of weeks ago when we started uh, emailing again. Um, I feel like there's certain, that when you cut to the scenes where they're at, Band practice or performing or w- whatever they're doing, um I feel like it's at certain beats of the movie that are kind yeah. of moving the plot forward. I don't know if that's 100%. what you guys are trying to do, but
3: yes, there are chapters. Yeah, the, those three those three band scenes are all chapters that are pivotal in the the movie's turning right at those points. And uh, yes, and it was fun to kind of what do you call it earmark the movie with those or i don't know sounds no. good to me be- <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh i don't want to get too far off topic but being the fact that you
1: know having a um these music vignettes in the film but like john you're in a black sabbath shirt like I, I take it you guys are what kind of what kind of music do you guys listen uh, to
3: i don't know i'd throw it i throw it out there <laughs> this wasn't on my question list but we love we, we love-, love heavy we love heavy, um, but we love all music. Like, you know, I mean, we'll listen to Al Green. We'll listen to Billie Eilish. we'll But, I mean, I think all of us, including Zelda and Lulu, everybody kind of their go-to stuff is usually pretty heavy. Things like Truck Fighters, you know, Black Sabbath, um, Black Flag. Uh... Pigs, pigs,
2: pigs, 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 pig, pigs, 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 pigs,
3: pigs, <laughs> pigs, pigs, <laughs> pigs, pigs, um, pigs, pigs. You yeah. know,
2: System of a Down. Those are all things oh, yeah. on our list that when we're driving, when they come on, we're happy.
3: We we all are soccer players, so like... um You know, there's nothing better than, you know, Bond Scott right before you go play a game of ball because it just sets the tone about how you're going to (laughs) play. And in a a sense, it's the same when you're making movies. There's nothing better than kind of showing up at the set and, you know, cranking out System of a Down. Yeah. All right. Let's hit it.
1: You guys mentioned System of a Down. I, I just recently had a job painting houses. It was like it was like my COVID job. I got it during like when i needed a job and i held on to it for a while and i was working with and i'm just going on a little sidebar here but um
3: i was working down let's hear it
1: well i was working with uh four guys from venezuela and you know like we were able to click like because i was i kind of they like fed off of me and everything i was saying because they wanted to better their english and they taught me some cool stuff in spanish but the cool thing was is they were like all into hard rock like heavy metal nice. and one day we're painting an interior the house was empty and one of the guys just blasts some system of system of a down songs i had not heard in maybe 15 years since i was in high school and like our boss was like the, and i don't got anything i don't got anything against it but he's like he's like an avid avid like church going guy And so he's playing some heavy, heavy system of a down and I can just tell it's making him uncomfortable. (laughs) And it was just kind of cool to like see the, the fact that, you know, me and a group of guys were from two different worlds, but we had like these same interests in music and uh, it was just kind of cool. But, um, Anywho, cool. that's my system of a down story.
3: But, you know, music, one of the great things about the horror community is they do like outsider music. They yeah. They do like punk rock. They do, you know, we, we, we stumble upon a lot of new cool music just by going to these festivals. Like, there's a great vein of music running through the horror crowd. So, I mean, the two yeah. go hand in hand. I didn't know that, you know, but we sure know it now, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I... I, I like I like talking to I like going to conventions and talking to horror fans and yeah, you know, and I, I cause like I don't necessarily I don't look like the stereotypical horror fan. Um at least I'm told. Uh, but like you just talk to these people and they are some of the nicest people on the planet always. and yet they love watching yeah. people getting ripped apart.
2: Right. <laughs> we always say it's so true. And some of the smartest people too. Oh yeah. You know, they have, they, they know so much more about what a horror film is about than just, you know, the moment the knife hits the skin. Right. It's a great, yeah. meet wonderful people.
1: I've I've always said like a lot of horror directors are also like very calm and mellow because they're especially if it's like a film they wrote too, they're just working their anxieties and fears out on the screen. And they're just getting all like Wes Craven was an avid gardener because uh, he'd right. make these gory, scary movies. And then he would just go to these mellow, peaceful things. Um, so let's get back to your film here. I mean, you both can answer this, but Toby, since you're in the movie um, being real life, uh, mother and daughter with Zelda um like you guys are playing that on screen but what did did you guys bring like any of your own relationship to those characters portraying those characters on screen as well
2: i think there's always in this ambient ease with us because we have just been like sharing lunch together 20 minutes earlier um and we're just easygoing people who really enjoy each other's company so i think that always kind of floats over i think the weirdest thing for us is that I'm not a very disciplinarian mom and she's not a very rebellious kind of um, angry kid. So when like scenes at the end of the movie, when we have to kind of collide a bit, it was, it was a little awkward um, because, you know, there's, there's very little of that in our family.
3: Well, yeah, it was fun. I had to direct to hear. some of that stuff, and it was, you know, it was we we had to direct Zelda to be a little more vicious. But she eventually kind of she brought out the vicious. She was really fun, vicious.
1: It's cool. It seems like you guys have a very peaceful family to me. It, that's the vibe I'm
3: getting. Yeah, we don't have a lot of discord.
1: Oh, that's good. Um, there's some cool visual effects in this film that I wasn't expecting, and like the the, the fire and whatnot. Uh, people yeah. just pretty much getting shot up into the sky and burning. Um, <laughs> I think the first time I watched it, I was on the couch and like, there's a cut you guys do is, I think it's in the, out of the opening scene. Yeah. Oh my God. It made me jump. It it's
3: great it's
2: she's our, um, witch, our witch rocket yeah that's yeah <laughs>
3: that's an example of trey that's trey who does that kind of stuff and there, there's a lot of conversations about hey we want this woman to blast out of a noose and fly into the sky you know and um and trey's uh, these are really he's so fun to talk about how to achieve this stuff and he's also very patient because a lot of these things you know a lot of the first run throughs second, third, fourth, 10th run throughs are like, not that's not quite it. And he's a very patient person who, uh, you know, goes until the end with doing the effects. Um, but th- there's a lot of like real effects in there too. Yeah. that were shot. Like there's a scene where Zelda's character drops a stick after it turns bloody and, and then it goes into the ground and it's sucked into the ground. We try to do things that are real. And that took a long time to, like, I filmed that probably 10 to 12 times in different scenarios and different ways until it finally worked. And it was, you know, those kind of things are fun. You got to enjoy it because there's a lot of failure.
1: Yeah. Filming someone being engulfed in flames and making it look like how it did, what was, like, the step-by-step process? How do you, how, I guess, your visual effects supervisor kind of made that look?
3: He, he did a great, he, that's a three, that's a three-step process for Trey. The first step is uh, that we send him the, the, uh, the subject flying with a, we filmed her against a white background and with a fan blowing on her. Remember we had the last. Yeah, it was just
2: on our porch. We
3: were, we were on her porch. She was in the grass standing on a white tarp and we shot the fan down into her face and we filmed her and then Trey took it. And he actually draw. He drew the scare. He drew the face melting. So he drew the stages of the face melting. So there was a lot of actual like drawing art in that particular thing. And then he put the fire. Then once he drew the the character's face melting, he put fire all around her. I think probably digitally. Yeah, definitely digitally because, um, you know, it was all done later.
1: Cool. Wow. You shot that in your back porch <laughs> i up. guess that, i don't know i guess sometimes <laughs> that's how, how it goes uh um so while you guys made this just because i feel like there's a lot of kind of cool sub genres in the film like coming of age stories and uh folk horror like some some filmmakers do this they will between shoots go watch films to kind of keep the the juices flowing and i know some people who just don't want to be distracted by anything else. Cause it's going to sway the way they're trying to tell the story. What are you guys, do you guys try to kind of keep the juices flowing or the other? What do you think? Toby?
3: I, I know my answer. What's your answer? My answer is that we usually watch if we try to watch stuff every night, but more to relax, not to like, not, not as like, Oh, let's reference something. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe like, I think before we make a movie, we do all our referencing and it's mostly to make sure that anything that we want to do hasn't been done so we don't look like we're copying somebody so right. i think like like when we knew that we were going to make hellbender we watched you know everything from the witch to you know to carry to whatever and make sure we don't step in anybody else's shit cuz and look like you know we're copying people and in fact even to 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 take maybe the the things that they do and and do the opposite cool
2: i mean it's really hard not to mimic and mimic things because we're constantly influenced and there's something to be said about um you know some people say oh you know that's the highest compliment when you copy people we really strive to be original but if we are gonna do something i i think there's room to like share so, you know we we don't we, we like to try to subvert some common tropes but in the end we really try if if we feel like we're doing something that's too much like um something everyone's seen then we were like oh it's like doing a cover song that sounds exactly like the the original song I don't want to hear a cover song that sounds like the original song then we'll usually we'll take a different tack.
3: But sometimes we'll quote people. We quote Phantasm, like in The Deeper You Dig. We don't exactly quote it. But I mean, there's a character, there's a little scene in, like in The Deeper You Dig that's like, yeah, a nod. Yeah, not a quote, but a nod to like the tall man because I we love the tall man. And oh, it's yeah. And like, ooh, let's walk like the tall man right now, you know, because we can. And it's like, and it's also people who know Phantasm, we're not, we're not stealing it. We're more having a laugh with all the other people that love Phantasm
1: yeah no i feel you um so this this film played a lot of kind of major genre festivals uh fantasia i'm going off of what the trailer showed me um a couple other ones but what's that like to i I talked to a lot of filmmakers genre filmmakers especially who played festivals like that and all of them say the same so maybe i shouldn't keep asking this but i always just like hearing it because Maybe, in the next year or so, I might be able to do something like that, but, um, what's it like to play these festivals? I have your film up on the screen in front of that that crowd too?
2: It's the best thing in the world I mean, really, sometimes I think i make I want to make films just to get to the festivals um especially the the genre festivals like Fantasia um tell you horror show um <clears throat> you know Knoxville you know we we've been to so many great 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 festivals and they're um they're just all equally fun but it's the people who come there like you said there's this wonderful community that goes to these festivals um and and sitting in the theater with them it it's it's kind of the best thing in the world
3: yeah i mean you could go to you know St. George Horror Fest or like you just said Knoxville Fantasia Fright Fest in England all these You meet wonderful people, you learn a ton, and whether it's big or small, like the small ones, sometimes you get the most juice out of, and that's either creative or business, you know, but something like Fantasia, you mentioned Fantasia, that can change your whole life. That's what's interesting about Fantasia. Like the deeper you dig got into Fantasia and our life changed. And then Hellbender went there and our life changed more. And You know, there are some festivals that change your life because the people that—well, all these festivals are run by beautiful people. We have not run into anybody who's not cool, but um, some of these can really change everything.
1: Yeah, I've always thought it's cool how there's horror film festivals or conventions there's no romantic comedy yeah, conventions right. or festivals. No drama
3: conventions like or
1: no i mean that's nothing against that genre hell i'll sit down with my wife and watch a rom-com every now and then but she's not gung-ho about that stuff either but like but yeah like that's that's where the fans are that's where the people that are passionate about you know this kind of stuff and i, I don't know it, it's cool and it, you know it, it's well this film definitely deserved to play at a festival like that i must say Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Uh, um, so that's Hellbender. Go check it out on Shutter. Uh, it's it, it can't it drop earlier this year. Um, it's uh, it, isn't there now. Recently, a Blu-ray release. I heard
3: DVD. 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 Okay. So it'll be in Target and Walmart and all those ones. So that and that's really kind of interesting. That's gonna be. And it'll
2: be on the other outlets like iTunes and. Yep. Yeah google play and all those amazon soon
3: shutter's been amazing to work with um any any horror makers out there work with shutter you'll you'll enjoy the experience
1: i've had i'm not at all affiliated with shutter but i've had a lot of success with filmmakers who've got their stuff on shutter coming on this show so yeah yeah,
3: Shutter's very
1: supportive every every oh my god it's I love that streaming service so much.
2: It's so good, right? I mean, their curation is off the charts. When we go on Netflix and stuff, we're like, God, it's 10 minutes and we still haven't picked something. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: Shutter, it's like, oh, I don't know what to watch first, you know? It's so good.
1: I can watch uh, Escape from New York for the 50th time, or I can watch this Italian giallo from 1973 that I have no clue what it is, but the cover art looks awesome that's my outlook on shutter (laughs) like uh so so cool um i obviously just to kind of bring things to a close here i follow you guys on instagram um i see you guys are working on something new you did kind of mention uh where the devil roams uh what could you or couldn't you say about it i know you're in the middle of it right now but uh what's coming up what's coming down the pipeline
3: Well, this is an idea that Zelda came up with. Um, We were done with Hellbender. We were cruising to a festival. We thought Hellbender was going to be our last movie that we did with Z before she went to college because she's going to college this fall. And then she said, hey, you guys, what do you say we just do one more movie before I go to college? And we were like, fuck yeah. What what, 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 What do we do? And she was like, here's the idea. And basically she came up with... Uh, an idea that is a cross between Frankenstein, Bonnie and Clyde and a touch of
2: The Grapes of Wrath.
3: (laughs) Yes. What? (laughs) And so she came up with this, she just came up with this great story and we turned around and we're like, all right. And, And we basically probably started filming that day and we are now pretty much done shooting. We're doing like pickup, little pickup stuff, just little bits of glue to put together everything that we've done. And it was a beautiful experience. It was a movie that just wanted to be made. Um, so it was just kind of it unfolded in front of us and we ran right behind it.
1: Cool. You guys are literally the epitome of pick up a camera and shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the vibe I've gotten since I you've been on my radar. So and that's awesome. it's, it's cool. That's that's the big thing to say to filmmakers these days. Just pick something up, shoot it, even if it sucks just keep picking up a camera and shooting and you never know. But
0: yeah, you so need a
2: lot less than you think you need, right? Yeah. yeah. Mean, some people think they need so many bells and whistles. You really don't. You no. need you to enjoy the people you're working with. You need to know how to use the camera you've, you've got, but ours is super simple. We use it various iterations of the Canon 5D. Um, you need some good sound mics and you're off to the races.
3: Yeah, and technology is um, is very kind to people like us because back in the day, you know, you shoot for ten minutes and it would have cost a thousand bucks to 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 um, go. What do you call it? Develop it, you know. And here we can shoot for we can shoot as long as we want. We just keep we just keep dumping it on hard drives. And the other thing that's great is um, that the people like me and toby and zelda we can edit our own stuff we don't have to send it to an editor we don't have to sit in a room where people cut tape and we spend lots of money in studios you can go home put your stuff up there and edit you know premiere pro is a beautiful uh, thing
1: yeah you guys make it look easy
3: <laughs> um this is the
1: part of the show where let's just say if anybody wanted to track you guys down on the interweb so they can follow your work, uh, where would that person maybe find you?
2: Our website is wonder wheel, <coughs> excuse me, wonder wheel productions.com. And that has access to all of our films, trailers, and then, um, Adams dot films on Instagram. Adams underscore films on Twitter and then individually with John and I are on Facebook. Yeah. And, and Z's on
3: Instagram. She's what is what is Instagram? she's Zeld Adams. Zeld, Zelda one Adams.
2: Zelda Adams. No, Zelda yeah. Adams. Just one. Because there's a
3: different Zelda Adams that is quite different than Zelda. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, gang. Uh, well, it was awesome to have you guys come on the show here today uh, and finally get you guys on the show. It took a while, but here we are. Thank you guys. for Thanks for giving me a great show.
3: Uh, thanks for asking Thank us you, really fun questions and getting our brains moving.
1: <laughs> All right. And you guys know the routine for the podcast. You leave a rating, you leave a review. So this show does not go into the abyss and nobody hears great interviews like this. Uh, take care. See you next week.